Hello and welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. My name is Jed Shepard and I am your host. Thank you once again for joining us uh, for another recommendation session. Um, this week I have a special guest and that special guest is filmmaker Chris Blundell. Almost didn't say your name right there, Chris. <laughs> it's okay. Most people don't know how to say it with it. Blundell, Blundell. Yeah, it's fine. Did I say um, it right? Is it Blundell? Um, it, down south, it's Blundell. Up north, it's Blundell. Well, you're from <laughs> up north, so I should say Blundell. So from now on, I'll say Blundell. Chris <laughs> Blundell, how are you, mate? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> haven't seen you in a while. You've been busy. Uh, yeah, I have been busy. Or well, allegedly, I've been busy. Um <laughs> Uh, it has been a while since we've seen each other. Um, yeah, yeah. I've since since I've uh, we've seen each other. I have finally finished the film that I've been talking about for the past nine years, and that's the um, hit squad. That is the hit squad. Yeah, um, and I got married as well. I, I found wow. the love of my life and got married. So that's nice. uh, that's a big event. So. What, what, what's his name? Am I only joking? <laughs> 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 what, uh, <laughs> congratulations, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, and she's uh, she she's from America, isn't she? Your, she is. Yeah. She's from Texas. Oh, Liz. that's great. Wow. Um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, the Hit Squad for those that don't know. For those that don't follow Chris on uh, social networks, um, he's he's quite prevalent on there. Uh, and the Hit Squad has built up quite a, a lot of hype around it. So if you can just briefly give an explanation of what it is and why people should get excited about your film. Um, okay, so the Hit Squad is a, a pixelated, animated comedy movie that's feature length. Yeah. Um, it's a musical. Um, it's about uh, an 80s band who have lost their fame and fortune and are trying to get it back uh, in amazing. the present day. It, and it's amazing. And the, the look of it, it's, it's very unique, um, obviously, because it's um, done in kind of an 8-bit pixelated kind of uh, animation, um, which is very unique. And it kind of... Um, it, it, it looks very, very retro, which is obviously the aim. And because the band itself is, is from the 80s, I think it just, everything goes together really well. Um, but isn't it a right, absolute ball ache animating um, something something like this? Um, yeah, I mean, especially when you've had no formal training in it whatsoever. <laughs> that, that kind of adds a layer of difficulty onto it. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I, I kind of, came up with the idea, sort of st started piecing it together and stuff. And my sort of youth, the, the arrogance of my youth was like, I can do this. And then I started and then it took me a really long time to finish. What, what, what made you think to do it in this particular style, this kind of 8-bit kind of pixelated style rather than conventional, like maybe flash uh, animation or something that would be a lot less time consuming? Um, to be completely honest, it's like... I'm not, I'm not that great at drawing or anything like that. And I know that the, the sort of pixel art kind of came about because programmers weren't really artists and, and it was very sort of simplistic drawings. And it sort of came from that idea of, you know, the 80s, uh, very simplistic sort of almost homemade kind of style. Um, and it kind of, it just kind of fit in really. Um, and then as I sort of went along, I sort of uh, refined uh, the way that it looks to the sort of style it is now. So it's a, it's a kind of a hybrid of 
3D and sort of 2D pixel animation. It's great, and the, and the trailer is um, well. There's probably multiple trailers now. I think I've seen three different trailers yes. over the, <laughs> over the last a few years, um, and they're amazing. It get, get, gets me really excited about it. And when is it actually going to come out? Is there a specific uh, date you have in mind, or is it still pending? Um, at the moment, it's still pending. Um, the basically, I'm just finishing the post production on it now. Um, the the audio is being uh, mixed, and the music is sort of being re-recorded and remastered to to what it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, in terms of release, I'm trying to work out the best way to do it because the sort of it doesn't really fit traditional distribution. True, yeah. um, but it's it's sort of trying to build the the audience and stuff for it um, online. So I'm, I think it's definitely going to be online focused. Yeah. Um, but the actual release itself is not set in stone yet. Uh, and don't forget, I'll release the tapes for it. You absolutely, absolutely, and that's the one thing I'm like genuinely I'm most excited about. Oh, nice. Um, I, I, have I actually shown you the soundtrack yet? No, you haven't. I'm I'm dying to see oh. it. That, that's the next thing on my list um, because the soundtrack I, I in a past life I was uh, a musician um, and so I've done the soundtrack singing it and, and, and you voice some of the characters right yes I voiced the, <laughs> I voiced the three main characters um, <laughs> and the, the soundtrack itself um, there's tw- 12 original but 80s style um, pop tracks um, they're all completely separate different and I tried to make like the best 80s album that I possibly could to accompany it all of that just just sounds right up my street um, I can't wait I can't <laughs> wait to, to release it um, also we should uh, we should put it out on VHS once it's done the kind of streaming thing we should uh, put it out on VHS as well and then it's achieved <laughs> uh, it goes full circle you know it's you sort of it goes it, it's it's like you know it's, having this sort of 80s style doing it in a way on modern software modern computers and then releasing it all the way back on the uh the vhs i think it's perfect to be honest <laughs> yeah um and like to do with the voices like what what are the cha- what were the challenges of kind of finding the right people to to, to voice these characters how, how did you go about that doing that um the i haven't announced the full cast yet but basically yeah. the, the 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 people that i do have um in it i i straight up just emailed i had sort of random emails here and there for people some people i contacted them through their just through their website and just contacted the web and said here's the thing that i'm doing um my email also got lost in the in my junk mail or something i'm I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) there's still still like a last possible last minute cameo if you fancy i can yeah oh 100 yeah um so yeah it's, it's I just sort of sort of contacted people through the websites um, and I got a fairly good response uh, and then sort of panicked and was like, oh, I've got these really cool people. I, I hope the script is good enough for them. And sort of my self-doubt sort of kicked in a little yeah. bit. So have you, have you gone for kind of, because obviously a lot with these, with animated films, one of the draws is kind of the the names that do the voices. Do you Do you have kind of what's considered a name? um to, to kind of uh, do the voices or do you have you gone for um less famous people but the right people for the job um i i approached some super big names and got into some really good conversations um ultimately they ask for so much money yeah and when you've got something that's this sort of unique yeah. and you're saying I, I could get that money and i could you know get external investors and stuff like that to pay for it yeah. whether it will make that money back um is a different matter and ultimately i was i 
I actually, through sort of turning down sort of more famous people, mm -hmm. I actually ended up with the right people. And, yeah. and it's such a relief to, a relief to say that, to be able to go, yeah, yeah actually, I have, like, I have someone that, that's brought something, such a unique sort of style to it that I never thought... Uh, that would would come to it and i'm I'm genuinely genuinely much happier with the people that i have now that's, that's great because i know i don't know if, if you're allowed to say but you, there was one person you told me you approached he was interested but then it kind of it was getting a bit um silly with what they were asking are you allowed to kind of um not at this moment in time okay. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah that uh, the, there have been a couple of people um i could probably tell you more stories privately but the, yeah there's yeah. definitely a couple of people who's whose fee gradually crept up as things went along yeah. and um were, they just weren't worth it there was a particular 90s rapper which is and i remember you telling me that story which which yeah. I, I found in, in, incredible and um, it still makes me laugh to this day when I think about it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I still look back at that and and think, what were they thinking with their fee? But anyway, yeah. Well, well, I'm excited about about it, and you've got like a, a large following of people online who are just um, who are so excited about about seeing it too. Um, so, but obviously, if anyone wants to kind of find out about it, we'll give uh, your details at the end of the show, um, and they can follow you for for any updates on on the Hit Squad. Perfect. Uh, but let's get straight on to formats uh and this show is about recommending the most underrated undervalued underseen uh things that are available online and just because it's called what to watch on netflix doesn't mean it has to be on netflix it can be on any streaming service whatsoever um so it can be amazon uh, hulu shudder um it can even be on free services like youtube and i'm quite conscious that a lot some people don't have netflix or don't want to pay the money to have some of these uh, streaming services so YouTube is a valuable source of uh, of films. It has a lot of out of print films as well. Um, uh, some of these choices over the last couple of months have been from YouTube, and um, that's the only place they are anymore because um, they haven't transferred to DVD or or um, Blu-ray or anything like that. Uh, but as I am the host, I will go first, Chris. Um, yeah. And my first choice uh, is on Netflix, luckily, um, and it's something that's popped on there recently and uh, caught my eye. It um, is a film called American Anarchist. Now, have you seen that pop up on your on your uh, Netflix feed? I did actually see this. This is the the documentary, right? It's the documentary. Yep, yeah, about the uh, maker and the author of the Anarchist Cookbook. Um, and so, the American Anarchist. It's if if you if you look at it on Netflix, it's got a picture of a book about to explode. And that's essentially what it did back in the seventies. First published in nineteen seventy one, um, written by a guy called William Powell, who's he was he was he was a kid, he was a teenager, and he was just yeah. sick of the government at the time and all of the kind of uh, Vietnam War stuff going on, and he, and he just wanted to do something that was a little bit counter everything that was going on. He was a bit of a rebel, so he wrote. He went to the the library, and this is all in the documentary. He went to the library, and he discovered that in the library there were tons and tons of resources of how to do these military um, kind of things and how to make weapons, how to um, protect yourself against the enemy and, and all of this kind of like military training. So um, he got all of these together into one book from multiple sources. He drew little diagrams, really crude diagrams himself. Um, and it's had stuff about about making your own drugs, making LSD, uh, how, how to hack into phones. And this was all 1971. There was nothing like this out 
obviously the internet wasn't around so you, um so this was the only place that you could kind of get everything in in one in one book and he didn't really think anything of it he gave it to the publisher they didn't even uh kind of cross check it they just um just just released it and suddenly it became a massive massive bestseller sold millions and got him and everyone involved in it into a lot of trouble um yeah. because as you can imagine like people didn't have the internet they didn't have netflix back in those days what they had to do is just kind of uh read and and, and cause trouble and there were a lot of things to protest about back in those days as the, there is now um and so this documentary is essentially the uh journey of of uh williams um realization that this innocent kind of book or at least he thought it was innocent was actually used as a weapon of of evil uh throughout the years up until very very recently and um the examples that are given are particular school shootings where some of the kids were found to be in possession of uh, the anarchist cookbook um, and they used some of the, the tips that he, get, he he gave in order to kind of um, military, it had to do it with military precision and, and obviously uh, he was shocked at this and he made statements saying that he wanted this banned, his own book banned and off the shelves Um Though he was still happy to, to pick up the uh, uh, the royalties from the book, I might add. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really interesting story. Um, I've always been interested in this whole kind of furor about it back in the 70s because I can't imagine now someone getting away with releasing a published book um, showing you how to essentially be a terrorist. It's, it's like a, it's like a, a how to um, on terrorism. Um, obviously there are places on the internet that, that, that kind of show you this, uh, I assume on the dark web. Um, <laughs> but it's bizarre how, how it can be something that's um, it's his, we almost see it as a sort of sort of historical book, and therefore it's okay to still because it's still in print, right? It's still being published, yes, it you can is. still you get can, it. Um, whereas if someone tried, right? <laughs> but if if someone tried to release that now, you know, it, there would be uproar and it would be banned probably almost instantaneously. So it's yeah. a it's an unusual sort of like you know how it's become its own sort of historic thing within context. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and I mean and the fact that the author um, wants to kind of remove himself from from the whole thing it just 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 makes the book even more infamous. Really, if something's yeah. banned or or the author wants it taken down, more people might kind of be uh, curious about it. And it is on Amazon. I'm not saying go onto Amazon and, and and get it, but it is on Amazon. And people throughout the years have made sequels to it, so they're like, okay, this technology has changed a little bit. Um, let's do a sequel with any some updates and things like that. And obviously, he's got nothing to do with that, but um i mean in my mind this kind of thing well i'm in two minds really because i think everything should be out there in the open but if people are using it for the wrong reasons and there are some crazy people out there and they will find these things then maybe it shouldn't be easily available maybe you can buy it but maybe from specialist shops or you have to kind of prove that you're not a nutcase i don't know <laughs> i have no idea I don't do know a little test do. before you before you buy it <laughs> um but yeah, so um, American Anarchist is, is that story. Uh, that's available right now on Netflix um, across the world. Uh, Chris, what is your first choice of what to watch on Netflix? Um, my first choice is actually on Netflix. It is a very small movie that I almost skipped over uh, called Coherence. Okay. Um, it is a super low budget movie um, by uh, a director by a, a gent called James Ward 
Burr kit? Burr kit? <laughs> okay, um, easy for you to I say. I don't know. <laughs> um, basically, it's it's uh, kind of a sci-fi. Uh, it's about a group of friends who uh, have organized a dinner. Um, at this moment in time, there is a, a comet passing over, and mm. they, things start to go a little uh, awry. I have um, seen this. I have seen this, yeah. Uh, I can't remember it very well, but you so, say, so, so, so go on. Um, yeah, so basically, as, as this sort of comet is passing, um, technology sort of starts to go on the blink a little bit, and, and strange things happen, um, and stories come out about the last time uh, a comet passed, and strange things started happening, and they talk about uh, people sort of going mad and all this sort of stuff happening. Uh, and then there's like noises that, that happen in the house as they're having the dinner. Uh, they go outside, and they end up seeing... Um, basically uh, a, a mirror version of themselves. Yes, and yeah. They all get scared and sort of go back inside and then they find things within the house that sort of, they uncover like this puzzle um, about themselves and their house and what's sort of going on. It's it's really, I mean, super low budget. I believe the budget was about $50,000. Um, yeah. Most of it is actually improvised. Um, wow. I found yeah, it's it's totally insane. Uh, it's starring Xander from Buffy. Oh, excellent! Uh, <laughs> to- totally bizarre um, little find, but one of the most compelling movies I've seen in a super long time. Yeah, I've definitely watched watched this, but I can't actually remember a lot about it. I remember them seeing multiple versions of themselves, and at one point, there's more than two versions of themselves. Um, yeah, and then do they start fighting each other, and like they end up killing some. People. I remember there's a bit in a car where someone had to go in car, into a car and get something from a car. Um, yeah, basically they sort of, they work out that as this comet passes, um, it sort of opens up multiple possibilities. Um, and then it, it kind of becomes a fight to sort of go, well, how am I going to survive this? Because at the end, when the comet passes, there's only going to be one reality. How do we, how do we keep ourselves as the one reality? Well, this is the great thing about um, about low budget movies. You, you can, because it's sometimes that when you have constraints, it makes you um, more creative, really. And um, I mean, I like anything like it's anything to do with comets. My favorite film of all time is Night of the Comet, as I've said on, on the very first episode. So anything uh, that mentions comets, I'm in. Can't me in. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, um, high concept sci-fi is is prevalent uh, nowadays, and it's, it's very popular and it's making loads and loads and loads of money and, and netflix is is great for kind of nurturing these uh these smaller kind of filmmakers um and helping them with their ideas uh yeah i i, I need to watch this again because because i can't remember a lot about it I, just, I remember them sitting around um and coming to the realization that there, there are, are a bunch of other people across was it across the road that looks like look like them yeah, but essentially the, the the house sort of gets multiplied hundreds of times and it becomes this weird sort of community where it's only their house around them with other versions of themselves. But it's, it's, it's just done in such a fantastic way because it's, yeah. you know, as you said, it, it is it is low budget and it starts off as kind of like, it's actually such a slow burner and you're like, okay, well, these people are kind of talking and it, they're talking over each other. It's not like a, you know, a normal sort of scripted movie and you're like, yeah. okay, well get to the point. And then as things start to escalate, you're going, Oh wow. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. And every, every sort of 15 minutes, there's a new sort of revelation where you're like, 
oh wow how's how's this going to resolve you know it's so cool um i mean i love the fact that they talk over themselves because it's more realistic and um yeah i mean that's that's the great thing about improv improvised uh films it, it, it does seem a bit more realistic and um you kind of put yourself in in those characters shoes really um yeah yeah that's so that's available on netflix that is on Netflix at this moment in time. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, my second choice of what to watch on Netflix is a film that's not on Netflix, but you can find it on YouTube. So it's there for everyone. People listening to this without Netflix, fine. Go onto YouTube right now. Type in Prince Sign of the Times uh, because the Prince documentary uh, about his Sign of the Times tour, for my money, is the greatest concert uh, performance ever. I personally think a lot of people say the best uh, c- concert uh, documentary um, is the Talking Heads one. Um, Stop making sense. Love that. Love it's, that. It, it's great. It's great. It's amazing. It's inventive. This came out slightly after. This was 1987, and I think Prince saw that and was like, "I can do better than that." So, <laughs> As he does with everything, I think he does. So, Sign <laughs> of the Times is obviously um, a Prince album, um, and yeah, he went on tour and he filmed it and. It's uh, directed by, well, it's, it's meant to be directed by Prince, but I've done a little bit of research. It's actually directed by a guy called Albert Magnoli, but Prince was like, um, no, you're not having your name on this. I want my name as director. <laughs> Cheeky. Well, it's Prince, so you can kind of get away with it. So it's directed by Prince, written by Prince, starring Prince, music by Prince. Uh, production was Paisley Park, Park Films, Prince's company, Purple Films, Prince's other company. Um, and uh, yeah, this was released in the cinema um, across America and the UK back in, back in the 80s. And um, it's incredible. I mean, Sign of the Times isn't my favourite Prince album, but the 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 kind of uh, the title song is absolutely incredible. Um, this was uh, yeah filmed on tour, and the thing is, he is not only one of the best. Front, well, he, he it's his 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 band. He is Prince. Um, his stage presence you forget sometimes because like he kind of slowed down musically um, towards his later years. His stage presence, it's like Jesus coming onto stage. It's, it's like the second coming. It's the crowd are. Are beyond themselves even his own band members look really starstruck they must stay must <laughs> even in rehearsals they, they must be like oh my god we're on stage with prince he's absolutely <laughs> incredible to give you some kind of um kind of a context um you know when when michael jackson first did his kind of moonwalk thing um across the stage and everyone went mental prince does a similar thing to a moonwalk on stage when he comes onto the stage but he does it while lying on his back on the floor he's moonwalking while lying down on his back it's incredible <laughs> and he does that with a guitar in his hand and then he kind of just flips up and starts playing the guitar absolutely amazing um he his band are just as tight as you like um his drummer was um sheila e who went on to do some solo stuff herself um who is <laughs> he even says at one point uh, sheila e she's a good drummer for a girl as an as a as a joke uh, because she's absolutely incredible his band is is incredible and there's a um he likes to kind of put his current girlfriend up front and center um and as a kind of a singer and a dancer in every time he does a performance and at the time this was um a lady called cat glover who is just great um and yeah his his band the revolution is just just 
playing the most incredible kind of rock stroke funk uh, you can think of. And I mean, I know pe- people are out there and are thinking, yeah, I, I know about Prince Chad. You don't need to kind of lecture us. But I can't stress enough that this this concert is like watching Blade Runner, uh, but on, but in a single room on stage. The the kind of stage the stage uh the scenery on stage the i'm getting the words wrong but is just just amazing and you get little asides as well like i don't know if if you if you saw these little asides if you were there live but every now and again he would go and speak to like the guitarist and there'd be like a full-on conversation for a little while and then straight into a song and it would be about life and about about this and about that um <laughs> so it did, i mean did it seem like set almost set up like put in afterwards or something like in rehearsals maybe or could have, was it but knowing prince this is probably what happened um he probably did have these conversations live and the audience were just like yeah we're happy to sit here and watch prince talk about this and girls and life and stuff and then go straight into a song um but i mean it, it's it was absolutely amazing um it was filmed in rotterdam in the netherlands on almost well june 26th to june 28th um in in 87 um and uh yeah it's 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 got all of the hits from uh sign of the times and uh, if you want to see a grown man i say grown man he is quite a small guy uh be the best <laughs> the best he could possibly be on stage i think he's better than michael jackson performance wise and that's saying something because I, I saw oh, wow. michael jackson live this performance just blows michael jackson out of the water um yeah, I, I'm obsessed with this film. I, I hope someone shows it on like on like 17 millimeter in in the cinema somewhere, and I would go and I would stay there and be transfixed on Prince sliding across the stage, pretty much forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love this, and it's on YouTube for free, so you guys got no excuse. Prince, Sign of the Times, my second choice of what to watch on Netflix. Chris, what's your second choice? Um, my second choice, I think. You, I assume that you've seen it before. Um, okay. It's a uh, it's on available on Vimeo, okay. um, and it is a movie called Dawn of the Deaf <laughs> uh, by a director called Rob Savage. Yes, I've, I have seen that Dawn of the Deaf. Thank have you, you for because do you when know did what? you see it? Because it's very recent. <laughs> I've been I've been waiting for someone to to do Dawn of the Deaf for a while so I could speak about it. <laughs> I try I try and slide it into every podcast, but um, I'm glad someone else <laughs> brought it up. Um, okay, so so pitch me Dawn of the Deaf. Why why is this your second your second choice? Why so, people... To be to be completely honest with you, it, it's it's an odd one because well, you know. You but, no, no, no. I just, I just meant sort of the concept of choosing it was a bit of an odd one. Okay. Because, you know, you, uh, being a filmmaker, I have, you know, friends who do films and, you know, they, you know, you want to see them and, and you sort of want to be supportive and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, some of the times that they're, they're not great, um, mm-hmm. other times they're fantastic. And when we spoke about the podcast, the, the, the first thing that came into my head was I wanted to speak about Dawn of the Death. That's great. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, it immediately jumped into my head. Um, it was pretty much my first choice because um, when when you showed it to me, you know, you showed it to me um, uh, just before it was sort of officially released. Oh, that's right. Um, and, you know, very, there's no sort of like real preamble to, you know, there's no context. I wasn't involved with it. I hadn't, you know, sort of heard too much about it. Yeah. So when I did sit down and watch it and, um you know, took those the, those twelve minutes to see it. I, I I dropped everything. Normally, I'm so busy 
you know, doing other things while watching movies and things like that. I, I literally dropped everything and was like, okay, I really need to pay attention to this because this, this has already sort of caught my eye. Um, but basically, so for people that don't know, it's, it's, um, a, a short film, uh, horror sort of fantasy film, um, about a, uh, uh, about multiple people with uh, hearing impairment. This must be so awkward to say this in front of me. Just <laughs> explain <laughs> it to me. Go on. Um, uh, basically, at the cusp of a um, a virus breaking out, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's fantastic. It's it's genuinely one of the best short films I've seen in uh, ever. Basically, that's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I, I'm super intrigued to speak to you about it because yeah. um, I do really love it so much. So what do you want to know um, about it? What? Everything really. I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a, only a limited amount of time. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's you know how 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 did the the concept come up? Because I know that you you. I mean, for people that don't know, um, Jed, you know, wrote it essentially and uh, uh, wrote the story. Um, how did it come about? So, so um, Rob Savage, his director, he's a very very talented director. He's always wanted to do a a zombie movie, but. As as I am um, sick of zombie movies, basically everything's been done. I, I and zombie zombie movies are my favourite kind of like uh, sub genre of, of horror. But the, everyone had done everything, so you had to come up with something new. So I I said to him, right, well I've got this idea, but I don't know how we're going to make it because no one's gonna no one's gonna fund it. Um, so the idea was to have uh, the infection spread by a sound. So the sound, uh, a sound happens and it kills everybody except for people who can't hear the sound. So deaf people. So the deaf community are the only people who can, who are alive. Everyone else has died and who eventually come back as, as zombies. Um, and, it, and straight away, Rob was like, that's great. F- Two years later, at least two years later, he was like, tell, tell me about that Dawn of the Deaf idea again. And I was like, well, okay, here, here, here's, my, here's my story. Here's what I've written. And he's like, he's like okay, cool. I'm going to make it. And I was like, okay. And this is just after we made um, Absence with Paul McGann. So we were looking for our next thing anyway. And, uh, and yeah, he, yeah he, he just basically got everyone together um, and got some sign language, uh, a sign language consultant um, on board so we could, so to make it legit because we didn't we wanted to do it right we didn't want to kind of like fake the sign language um, and we made it and, and in my mind like it was, I thought it was going to be a, a, a little production no it was massive I turned up on set to, to one of the days we had like a about 500 extras all in zombie makeup we had catering we had we'd have all the tunnels underneath the uh, IMAX and Waterloo um at our disposal we'd basically taken over uh the south bank really with with zombies um i was like this is going to be epic if it, if it comes across as good as i think it is it's, it's people are going to like it um and then we it was just adding uh our little flourishes like subtitles disappearing behind hands and and uh, see that now just just as you speak about that 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 was that was actually a moment where I kind of jumped out of my seat <laughs> because because it was it was so simple yeah. and it made so much sense. Yeah. 
that genuinely I, I, I as a sort of you know as a creative yeah. it was kind of like a head slap moment of like oh my god I totally understand why and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't take you away from the movie it, exactly it, it adds it adds so much to it you know clearly just just by having subtitles and that's one of the things where I was like this is something really special yeah. when when something like that is you know it, when you can integrate something you know subtitles for you know because obviously it's subtitles for um uh, hearing impaired people who don't read uh, you know who, who do read subtitles and also for uh, hearing people who are un- unable to you know understand sign language yeah. but obviously as the camera pans around and, and blocks out the hands you can't hear what they're saying you wouldn't exactly. be able to read what they're saying exactly it, it was such a moment where it, it was just perfect I, i'm really impressed well the, well the thing is like i had that in, the, in the, the very original story that i wrote i think it was like 2010 i wrote that like when this is i think i wrote the words when this is filmed um the subtitles need to disappear behind hands and like a normal conversation um you'll only hear snippets of it or if you're passing by you only catch a little snippet of a, of a of a story um so it was in the very very original thing but like um it's all about seeing if it actually works in reality rather than my my kind of overactive imagination so um <laughs> you actually did the worst thing a writer could do which yes. is give direction yeah. oh yeah oh totally yeah um, <laughs> and even when i I was when i was like on set and, and that scene was happening i was like okay well, so the, have have you tested have you tested this and the, and and rob's like yeah yeah we, we, it might work we'll we'll see and i was like no no you should def- definitely use it because it'll be really cool people will like it because like the the, the thing we, we want to do is we don't want this just just to be for the deaf community because that's preaching to the to the choir we want it to, we wanted it to be um we wanted to make subtitles um available to, to everyone we wanted everyone to kind of feel inclusive so how do you make a movie with subtitles um kind of how do you pitch that to a hearing audience and the way you do that is making make the subtitles interesting um yeah. and, and that's what we try to do because because i mean the, to, to be fair we tried to pitch the, a feature version of this first and everyone was like nope nope this isn't going to work no one's going to watch a film with subtitles um, a, a zombie film with subtitles it's crazy so we made the short as a proof of concept um and uh i think we've proved that concept now 115 um uh, film festivals later and and that <laughs> one particular scene is something that in every q a someone bring, brings up so really glad we did that so, <laughs> um and yeah and like we're going to work on the feature um next year um early next year and it's going to be incredible because we get to we have a bigger palette to paint all of our crazy ideas and uh we've got some absolutely amazing kind of things to add on because a lot of people ask a few things one of the things is what's happened to the animals what's happened to people um in other countries what's happened in tokyo what's happened in blah 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 is there any what happened to the people in space what happened to people in submarines there's so many questions um and we think and where did the sound come from in, in the first place is it the government is it something more sinister is it ghost is it god um so yeah we we've we've come up with our kind of blueprint of of, of what this what, what the sound is and from there the story kind of spirals but That's fantastic you've, you've managed you managed to take a genre that is uh, you know, as as you said, like one of my favorite genres is is horror zombie movies. Yeah. I used to be obsessed with zombie movies, and then I fell out of love with them because I was like, okay, there's only so much that you can do. But you know, watching this, it was kind of like, you you know, you've you made it about something other than zombies. You know, yeah. you've and it's it's not it's not just 
the, it's not just about the characters being deaf. They're not just like, yeah. oh, here's a deaf person, here's a deaf person. Uh -huh. um, but but obviously, the, that is rolled into their lives uh, every sort of moment. But it's not about being deaf. Exactly. Um, like you've, you've really you've really come up with something great, and um, I'm Thanks. very excited to see a feature on it. Thanks, really appreciate it. Well, well, when when we when we make the feature, you can you can come and to the set and see see it in in action. If you want awesome. To. I'm gonna I'm gonna blag a cameo at some point. Oh, if you want to be a zombie, mate, you're you're a zombie. Trust me. I mean, <laughs> in fact, anyone who comes on this podcast can be a zombie. We 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 need as many as possible. We want to kind of. <laughs> It was, we needed it to be epic. Uh, but yeah, that is a great choice. Probably the best choice anyone's ever given. <laughs> and it's available on Vimeo right now. It's one of the staff choice premieres on Vimeo. And you can watch it right now. Just type in Dawn of the Deaf. Um, it's actually also available on Shudder in the next couple of weeks, I think. And Shudder's oh, well. this, uh, the streaming uh, horror platform um so yeah if you have that which some people do then you can watch it on there as well um but yeah you can watch it on vimeo you can download it as well in in 1080p if you want great so uh my final choice yes my final choice is a film um that i've only heard about recently um I like to be a, a completist. So I, I, I have a Letterboxd account, and I don't know if you do too, but Letterboxd is where you record every single film you watch ever. So I've got... Wow. Yeah. So it's, it kind of, it's a reminder to me also, like, what have I watched? What do I need to watch? People make lists. People kind of say, like, here are the, the, the best 500 horror movies of all time. And I'm a completist, so I, I need to watch every single one of them. Um, this wasn't on a horror movie list, but this was on a list of greatest um, uh, films of, of all time. This was, it was quite far down, but uh, I've always heard about it. Um, this is called Goodbye Dragon Inn. Do you know about Ooh. this? I've never heard of that in my life. Okay, it's a Taiwanese film um, and is about cinema. And this is what drew me to it in the first place. A any film about film gets me interested. Um, it's my, one mm. of my, because film is like my favourite thing. Um, so Goodbye Dragon Inn is a reference to a 1960s uh, Taiwanese film called Drag Dragon Inn, where it's one of those um, wushu movies where like they're flying about in the trees and they're it's all about kind of samurais and kind of honor and all that a very famous taiwanese film and uh, that yeah that came out in the 60s and goodbye dragon inn is about a cinema that is uh, the last day in a cinema that's about to be closed and the the film that they're showing all day is the film dragon inn so that and the th yeah and the, th the thing I love about this film is it's almost silent. All it is, it's um, very, very still shots. I think there's only about maximum 20 shots in the whole film. The, and the director holds the... The camera doesn't move. It's just like a still photo with people moving in and out shot. And it's mostly just on people's faces as they watch this film, as they watch Dragon Inn, the film within the film. Um wow. So you just see how they react to the various different scenes. You can hear the film going along as, and you can see these people like laughing and crying. And then sometimes you see the cinema lobby, what's going on in the lobby. And in the lobby, you see the uh, one of the, the girls who work in the ticket office and she's making some, some uh, rice for herself, like in this little booth. Um, and then later on, she, she goes around to try to give the projectionist some rice, but he's missing for some reason um right. all these little stories are just like really interesting there's a guy inside the cinema watching who is um 
kind of scared of this other this, this woman's in there eating nuts being really loud eating these nuts and he keeps looking over at her like just kind of to be quiet and she's just happily eating her nuts eating her nuts and then she tries to troll him and she kind of like crawls like under the seat and, and kind of goes closer to him sits behind him and eats the nuts even louder next to him just just to piss him off um so all these little kind of weird stories going my favorite story um within this is about halfway through the through the movie um this guy who's come to the cinema it looks like because he wants to have a sexual encounter with a guy follows this older guy into this corridor um in the, in the cinema just like a cinema corridor and the old guy's waiting there for, for some reason and he comes and the, the other guy comes up behind him and the older guy says um do you know that this cinema is haunted and i thought flip this film has just got so much more interesting it's going to turn into a horror um it doesn't turn into a horror unfortunately but um that, i just thought that i was like they didn't need they didn't need to say that to get me interested in this film but it got me even more interested and i was like oh hang on so is that woman a ghost and it was just all the stuff and then the one of the, the other story was that the um, some of the actors who were in the original 60s movies they turn up during the day and they kind of sit there and watch it with their families and you just see their faces um but the most impressive shot in the whole film is i think it's a 12 minute shot of an empty cinema just before it, it closes for the very last time and it is literally a shot of the empty seats for, for 12 minutes and you can hear people cleaning up in the background um and it's oh, wow. yeah and i'm not joking it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen it's a bit like that um that, that uh, plastic bag scene in um in american beauty where everyone went on about yeah. it but that had kind of sad music playing behind it and you had the uh the narrative of the the bag being flown around by the wind but this is literally a still almost a still image of empty seats in the cinema and it was just superb filmmaking um directed by it makes me think of um do you, you know the um you know in t- uh, the recent twin peaks did you see the episode oh, yes i have um where there was that there's there was in one of the recent episodes there was um a shot of the bar and uh the, the guy was basically sweeping the floor and you you were kind of i, I was waiting yes. for the credits yes. to roll and it was must have been about five minutes long <laughs> i'm about 99 percent sure that that was a reference to uh Tsai Ming Liang, the director of Goodbye Dragon Inn, because he's famous for things like that, for ah. um, for still shots of where where he basically the camera rests and it's a, yeah. like a rested image um, of someone just going about their day to day thing. And obviously, because we're a twenty, we have a twenty first century sensibility, we expect fast cuts and to cut to something more interesting. But no. He, like David Lynch knows the language of cinema, so he he knows if you want to be if you want to if you if you want to get into these characters minds and feel like you're in twin peaks it's not just the exciting stuff you see you need to see the the mundane stuff as well yeah. and david lynch managed to make managed to make the mundane stuff just incredibly interesting um and sai ming liang the director of goodbye trekking in to me is is the kind of master at it um this film was very short it's only 82 minutes long uh but like i said it's it's very still and not much happens besides people going to the cinema um yeah i can't recommend this enough enough it's a very strange film but it's something you have to see at least once because um it is an absolute masterpiece um and if you can't read read subtitles then that's fine because it's almost silent for the whole thing anyway and you're just (laughs) reading people's emotions and seeing the look in their eyes of uh the reflected films 
um yeah and that's goodbye dragon in um and that is available once again on youtube uh, i tried to find this um on uh, netflix or amazon or something but you can you can get it on netflix but um you have to get the physical blu-ray if people still do that um you can also buy it on itunes if you want to but if you want it for free go onto youtube because it's there typing goodbye dragon in and you'll find it straight away goodbye dragon in full movie and and there you have it uh chris what is your final choice of what to watch on netflix um my final one is um a film called predestination great um, i love this which film. Is on amazon oh, have you seen it i have seen it yet and i enjoyed it very much uh, it's, it's an odd one because it's uh it's been out since 2014 i believe yeah. um starring ethan hawke and sarah snook um and it's a sci-fi film um about a, a time traveler essentially who is uh, going back through time uh, to try and minimize the damage of someone called the fizzle bomber um to, to, which is a, the most bizarre name uh, and the, the story just gets more and more bizarre as it goes along um and yeah he's, he's on his mission he basically comes across um he he is sort of working behind a bar undercover, uh, waiting for the moment where he's he's going to sort of try and intercept the fizzle bomber. Uh, comes across another man um, who has who who convinces him that he has this amazing story to tell, and then the film goes off in this other direction um, while this while this guy tells this separate story, um, and then they sort of find out that their their lives are. A, closely more closely linked than they uh, than they originally realized yeah i mean first first of all ethan hawk is uh, to me great in everything almost everything um and i love time travel movies so ethan hawk in a time travel movie is great i mean this isn't back to the future if you're expecting time travel like back to the future it's that's not this movie um, but There's no hoverboards in this one unfortunately it's true set but, in the 70s but there is a lot of um interesting kind of time travel uh experiments i would say like uh what's what's the word paradoxes like what if you went back and you saw yourself or what if you yeah just just stuff like that it's just a classic sci-fi kind of uh stuff but um i thought the kind of twist in this movie was 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 great i did it i did i did maybe I, i could telegraph it a little bit too much so i kind of predicted it but just seeing a movie about Ethan Hawke traveling through time is <laughs> is is brilliant. And they they picked an unusual sort of time period as well. I, I it, it kind of it doesn't need to be set in the seventies. It could have yeah. been sort of set anywhere. Um, but they sort of they sort of picked this time and stuck with it. Um, and you know, I mean, I, also sort of a, a bit of a period before as well um, for the for the basically Sarah Sarah Snook's character's um story um but yeah it's it's it is about time travel but it's also you know as time travel movies often are um have a sort of a, a bigger story to tell and sort of you know who would who would you become if you know choices were made differently in your life and and things like that and it, I, I thought it was quite interesting and you know even if you ignore the time travel element of it i thought that the sort of underlying story uh, was really interesting and something that that hasn't really um been been done too much um and i thought yeah. it was, it was 
I also think that this is like the the perfect recommendation for this particular podcast because it really is underrated and underseen. Even though it is available on, is it Netflix that it's on? Uh, Amazon Prime, I Amazon believe. Prime. So it's available to to, to everyone. Uh, but I do feel like nobody speaks about this. I, I I read a lot of film blogs, and even when this was first came out, I, I don't remember anyone speaking about this. Um, no. Because I think it was the same. It, it was the same time. Uh, Boyhood came out so everyone was all ethan hawks up to their eyeballs at that point yeah um but yeah it's, it's definitely a great film are there any other kind of uh time travel movies that you would kind of compare it to or any other time travel movies you would say this is better than that you can think Ooh, that's an interesting one yeah hmm. um i think actually this i think this came out at the same time as looper Oh, yeah, Ooh, yeah about, about that time, may yeah. have affected why sort of it's uh, not not sort of um 2012 looper was so yeah it's it's it was around that sort of time i, I think that obviously i mean looper's a fantastic film as well very similar um, concepts and yeah yeah similar concepts and and i think that uh, it, it's just so odd that you know it, it, it is such a good film it's it's quite a lengthy film i think um but if you stick with it um you know it, it is rewarding but i think that looper is probably a bit more concise and a bit sort of punchier overall and i think maybe that's why looper gets the attention rather than predestination i remember watching predestination and thought it, it maybe owed a little bit to time crimes did you ever watch <gasps> That's a very good point. I forgot about Time Crimes. Yeah. And Time Crimes for me is the best time travel movie since Back to the Future 2. Probably. I would probably agree with you as well. And and I think I think Time Crimes is being remade, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they need to stop. They need to stop because how are they going to do it? I think it's actually Tom Cruise that bought the rights to this. Uh, oh shit yeah exactly and imagine because tom cruise obviously wants to be the main guy in it because that part is that role is incredible um but he's just gonna mess it up and just make it all scientology stuff like um i think um have you seen the mummy yet i haven't seen the mummy um the reviews talk about exactly what i expected it to be so yeah i I probably such a shame i know a lot of people are a bit dubious about this kind of whole uh universal monster kind of universe was it called the dark universe or something dark universe, but I, like, yeah. I kind of want to see monster movies so i'm all in in for it but like you don't make tom cruise like you don't put tom cruise in a film like this you need someone a little bit more edgy tom cruise is just vanilla to me vanilla sky you might say <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i don't know yeah i i think i mean i think making a movie with the idea of pushing out a whole entire franchise based on it um yeah it's obviously the in thing at the moment and i think that it's it's severely affecting a lot of films because they try and put in these you know if the source materials comic books for example they try and put in these cameos and things like that but often i mean having um jekyll and hyde in a mummy movie um it's just a sort of bizarre concept and he's the sort of um you know the Samuel L. Jackson of this dark universe. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's all a bit. You know, it's it's a bit too much. And I, I did quite like the Dracula from Dracula Untold. I think that's a little bit underrated. I mean, it's not great, but that got panned, didn't it? Though it got really panned. Yeah, it possibly did. But I thought it was a lot better than than than, than people said. Because I stayed away from it until it was on the streaming services, and I watched it. And I was like, do you know what? This isn't that bad. I think people just don't like the idea of of this of the universe. Um, 
But stay tuned for the Dawn of the Deaf universe, everyone. I'm going to stick everyone in it. <laughs> every, every zombie has a spin-off. Yeah. Well, the hit, maybe the Hit Squad and, and the Dawn of the Deaf, they'll be crossover at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Now, now I want to plan just to have a, the tiniest, tiniest little crossover in both. That's the sound. It's the sound, it's the sound of the Hit Squad. <laughs> Their biggest hit. That's what kills everyone. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a that's a great uh, final choice of what to watch Netflix. As I do uh, most weeks, I ask: Is there anything else that you, you that you can think of that you want to recommend? Any little kind of nuggets? It, it may not even have to be underrated. Just stuff that you like that you think that's uh, maybe a bit underseen. Some of your favourite movies. Oh, um, I cannot actually think of any at the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's fine. No, I put I put you on the spot. Um, I mostly just want to say to everyone, if you haven't watched Night of the Comet yet, it is on Netflix. It's my favourite film. If you watch Night of the Comet, you will see a lot of where my influences come from. Dawn of the Death is essentially like a spin-off of, of, of Night of the Comet. Some of the same themes there. Um, and one day, me and Rob will make a remake of Night of the Comet because it's the best film ever. Um, Oh, yeah, one, one thing about, as we're talking about um, uh, Dawn of the Deaf, the, the two main girls from Night of the Comet, they want to be in Dawn of the Deaf, um, so they got in touch, which, which is really... Oh, wow. Yeah, because on, on another podcast, I was like, I really... Um, I, I did this podcast uh, called uh, Pitch It Movie Podcast with these guys in New York, and I was like... And they love Dawn of the Deaf as well, and, and I was like, well... Uh, Night of the Comet's my favourite movie um, when, when we make the feature it'd be great to have like the two main girls from Night of the Comet in it and then we're like oh well we know them <laughs> I was like okay tell them to get in touch <laughs> we got in touch and they were like yeah we want to be in the, the thing so um, I guess we have to write them apart um, it can't be a main part but because they're not deaf but they really want them in it and it's going to be it's going to be crazy <laughs> that's fantastic I, lo- I love how sort of these things can, can kind of escalate as they sort of go along where you're like I'm just going to put this out there into the universe and then yeah. the universe goes yeah cool <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no it, it's weird it does work like that it, it really does that's why um, on, I was on I had an interview with the BBC yesterday on, on the radio and um, I put a lot of stuff out there hoping it will come back on me um, in a good way so let's see let's see if that works uh, but yeah Chris it, it was uh, it was very enjoyable talking to you we'll catch up soon uh, next time you're around c- come and hang out We'll, absolutely 100 percent. yeah um and how can people contact you should they want to uh i'm on twitter um at chris blundell i suppose we should pronounce it um uh, the, the hit squad you can go to i love the hit squad.com and pre-order and go on the mailing list and uh watch the teaser and stuff there will be some the stuff coming out soon teaser is great the actual trailer will be a lot better than the teaser, but yeah, there's, um, if you follow, I'm most active on Twitter. So if you find me on there and, um, we can, we can chat. That's great. And guys, if you want to find me and let me know if you have any suggestions of what to watch on Netflix, or you have any comments about the things that have been recommended to you, you can do so at Jed Shepard, J E D S H E P H E R D. Same on Instagram, go to postpoprecords.com to find about records. Had a number one recently. Woo. Um, Woo. or you can go to postpoppodcast.com to check out all the different podcasts or just go on iTunes. Actually go on iTunes right now. And if you liked what you heard, uh, please rate and review 
uh, five stars if pos. It's always good. Um, and yeah. and everyone, if you are if you are considering whether to do it, I know that rating and reviewing is really super important on podcasts. So don't just ignore him when he says it. Yeah. Actually, go on and do it because it will really, really help. It does. It boosts us up higher in the charts, and more people see it. Um, we, um, this particular podcast does really well in America. It does actually better in America than it does in the UK sometimes. Um, so I think a lot of people who are listening right now are Americans. So Americans, if you want to rate and review on iTunes, please please go ahead. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, but uh, I do really appreciate it. Um, okay, guys, I will see you next week then uh, on What to Watch on Netflix. And Chris, I'll see you soon. I'll see you very soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.